The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Where's America listeners? Welcome to the 113th ever show of All Around Sports. For each Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, in a few minutes, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Why don't I start with my highlight of the week, and that is, of course, the final major of the year, PGA Championship uh, out in Rochester, New York, uh, got underway yesterday and is off to a good start today as last year's champion, Webb Simpson, uh, shot a record, uh, record-tying round of 64, literally just coming off the course as we speak, and uh, so suddenly he has put himself in contention. And uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. Webb, of course, is uh, a favorite of the show. We've had him on a couple times uh, at various press conferences that I've attended for the tournaments that I've covered. And a very, very likable guy, to say the least. Yesterday was an interesting first round. Uh, Both Tiger and Phil were having... Pretty decent rounds, both facing their final hole of the day, looking at uh, one under par. Remarkable how they the two rounds mirrored each other. And both basically imploded with double bogeys on their final round of the day, each finishing at one over par. So uh, Tiger got hung up in that uh, deep rough, and uh, Phil... Showed us a little bit of the old Phil as he basically was uh, on his final hole of the day. It was in uh, under some trees and like the old Phil that we remember well, especially from winged foot in the U.S. Open a few years back. He went for it, basically looked like an impossible shot from what we could see on TV, trying to go right through the trees, uh, did not get out, and then had to 
simply get out in the fairway and cost himself, you know, two strokes after what was a pretty good round. Uh, so anyway, it's game on. Again, final major of the year. Everybody's wondering, will Tiger break his five-year drought uh, to finally break through and win a major? Will Phil continue his hot play from uh, from the British Open? Uh, should be interesting. Should be an interesting weekend, to say the least. Looks like The course looks absolutely beautiful. It's in upstate western New York, Rochester, probably about six hours from driving time from here in Boston. And uh, should be fun. And then next week, right here in Boston, uh, which an event that I will be covering will be the U.S. Amateur uh, put on by the USGA, United States Golf Association, who also, of course, puts on uh, the U.S. Open that I attended down at Marion in Philly uh, a couple months ago in June. And I'm very excited. This, uh, this tournament has a wonderful history uh, where you're going to see the great players of tomorrow, the future stars of the, of the, uh, of the world of golf are going to be in Boston this weekend. It's at the Country Club. That, of course, is where the 1999 Ryder Cup was played. We all remember that one. I was there for that, and I will be there next week uh, for the U.S. Amateur. And, again, this is going to be, uh, for me, a different kind of an animal, something I haven't done before, and uh, I'm very, very much looking forward to it. And what could be better than a week of uh, – of walking around the country club, watching uh, the best amateur golfers in in the in the United States. So it's going to be terrific, to say the least. Now moving on, my low light of the week is Johnny Manziel and Autograph Gate. As all you listeners know, I've basically you know I've enjoyed the Johnny Manziel story from starting with the day he beat Alabama, a day I remember well. Watched in a crowded restaurant, sports bar, and the place was going absolutely crazy. You would have thought the Patriots were playing uh, as Johnny Manziel pulled off an upset for the ages. That led, of course, to his later winning the Heisman. But ever since then, it's just been downhill. And finally, with this autograph story breaking this week, you know, I just reached uh, my personal saturation point. Everything he did up till then... Uh, till this week, you know, was in my mind fairly benign, um, since he won the Heisman and now you're just, uh, I'm just at a point with, uh, you know, what's next with this kid, you know, it's just nonstop. It's just something, it just seems like every single week. And at some point, you know, you, you just have to wonder, uh, you know, if you're Ke- Kevin Sumlin and uh, the coach and, you know, Texas A&M officials, you know, is this guy worth it? I mean, based on this type of violation, if it's true, it's all alleged right now and it's alleged by autograph dealers and there's videos and we all know the story. Um, but it would seem like it would put any wins they get in jeopardy this year if Johnny Manziel plays. Just that simple. So, you know, they're in a new conference, second year in the AC, in the SEC. And so I would think that, you know, the Texas A&M people were giving this a pretty close look. 
It appears Johnny Manziel has hired the lawyers who worked with Cam Newton when he was facing uh, similar charges a couple years ago and uh, allegations, I should say, not charges. This is not uh, these are not criminal offenses. Let's be sure <laughs> clear about that. But again, you know, it's just uh, again kind of getting sick of the Johnny Manziel off-season tour, and you know, just enough is enough is enough, and uh, so we'll see where it all leads. But you know, at this point, there seems to be you know some pretty strong stuff out there. And if you followed the story closely, I, I think, you know, a lot of people are drawing the general conclusion that, yeah, he probably signed autographs for money. Time will tell. Investigations will be launched. And uh, if they haven't been already, and uh, again, it just doesn't look good, you know. And I hope, you know, I just hope it all works out. I mean, I, like a lot of people, want to see this kid on the football field, so... If we could just get rid of the other stuff, get this kid on the football field and see if he can do, you know, generate the same magic this year that he did last year, it'll be a lot of fun for all college football fans, of which I am a big one. And my bizarre story of the week is Major League Baseball and their handling of the A-Rod situation with the suspension. To me, how bizarre is it? When the very day that A-Rod is suspended is the exact same day that he returns for the first time since literally the postseason of 2012 where he was benched uh, and ends up playing that night. I mean, to me, it was just bizarre, hence my bizarre story of the week, but also just, you know, almost comical and laughable. I mean, you know... With all the hoopla and analysis leading up to his suspension, what was he going to get? Lifetime ban, you know, 50 games a year, you know, year from now to the end of 2014. And then they issue the suspension, and literally hours later, he is on the field for the first time since last October. That, to me, qualifies as bizarre, again, laughable. I just... I think it left a lot of people shaking their heads. And then uh, and then Mark Cuban, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, come out with some very interesting comments, basically blasting Bud Selig, talking about when he tried to buy the Texas Rangers and just, you know, what that whole situation was like, uh, basically, you, you know, <laughs> unloading on the ridiculousness of the process, to put it mildly. And, uh, you know, just another uh, black eye and what seems to be just a long line of black eyes for baseball. Again, how, you know, this the steroid story has hijacked basically at least this part, the summer, the summer of 2013. And again, I, for one, am just so tired of it. Uh, I just think it's, you know, people don't care. People just don't care. There's not one person I know that really cares about this story. They would just, you know, much rather be focusing on other things. And in many cases, that means other sports. So we will talk about other sports uh, 
as we take our break, since my for, former co-host Lee Mont Williams from outside the huddle likes to say, it is time to pay some bills, so let's take that break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about, either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go? You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how you doing today? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good, John. Have a little rain today, but that doesn't dampen our spirits. Not at all, not at all. And uh, I, for one, don't mind the rain because as soon when we're done with the show, I'm looking forward to, frankly, settling in and watching uh, the PGA from Rochester, New York. And it's not every Friday afternoon, rainy Friday afternoon, that you can kick back and watch, uh, you know, watch golf, let alone a major, so I'm frankly looking forward to it. Oh, yeah, it gives you a reason to not feel guilty about staying inside and watching the television. Bingo. You said it perfectly. Uh, The window is short here, so we always like to get out and take advantage of nice days, but the occasional bad day 
is welcome, especially again when there's uh, you know really really good sports on, and it doesn't get any better than a major. And Webb Simpson just uh, came off the course with a t- course record 64. So the defending U.S. Open champion uh, from last year out at Olympia in San Francisco is now uh, suddenly in the hunt for the PGA. Oh, my goodness. That's an incredible score. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a great event you know, over the weekend, and it's always fun to see if Tiger can never come back and win a major when he's behind. I don't think he's ever done it. Never done it. Nope, never done it. And he, of course, uh, lapped the field last weekend out at Firestone. He looked just, you know, unbeatable. And that course is tailor-made for him. Uh, It was interesting to look at the aerial views of that course. I kind of thought, boy, I'd like to golf that course because bottom line, the holes just went up and down beside each other. And I know it's a famous course, but... There basically was no rough. I mean, if you hit out of bounds, you're just hitting in some beautiful fairway that's on the next hole, you know, or on an adjacent parallel hole. And I'm like, oh, wow, this looks like my kind of course. That'd be my kind of course as well, John. Anything where there's no rough or or, or out of bounds, or out of bounds or sand traps or anything like that. You know, I, I can right. I can live with that. Exactly. It literally looked like the most inviting out-of-bounds I've ever seen in my life. I never noticed it before, and I just had to laugh every time they had an aerial view. And they were talking about it, and they said, you know, this is why Tiger has won there, I think, seven times now. Because, you know, uh, as we all know, he can spray his drives a bit. But it doesn't matter if you go right or left on this course. Because, again, you're just ending up in an adjacent fairway that is equally nicely manicured so again my kind of course maybe this is the one for him to come make the comeback exactly and uh and just speaking of golf as i mentioned at the top of the show i'll be covering the u.s amateur here at the country club in brookline legendary course when i was last there was uh uh, the Ryder Cup on Sunday, literally in 1999, the famous Justin Leonard putt, the all-time comeback uh, by the American team, which, of course, was eclipsed at Medina in Chicago last year when the, with the all-all-time comeback by the European team. But I will never forget my week at the Ryder Cup, and I am very excited to, number one, again, spend the week walking the grounds of the country club uh, number and number two to see basically the best amateur players, uh, you know, knowing that they're going to be the guys we're going to be looking at, uh, you know, next year uh, and years beyond as, you know, the top golfers in the world. So it's a different type of event for me. I've covered a number of PGA tournaments as have you, but I think this is just going to be a little bit of a different animal, and I just can't wait to uh, to get there on Monday and talk about it on the show next next Friday. Yeah, John, it's always great to see a, a young player, and you could say you knew him when, and you look back and on his early parts of his career, and he's successful down the road. So, yeah, that's that's always fun. I've I've always enjoyed that watching young football players, you know, golfers, basketball players, even some baseball players that run across. So, yeah, I know you're looking forward to it. Well, me too. I mean, that that was, you know, one of the good things about growing up in Pennsylvania. I got to see a lot of, uh, you know, young football players that were pretty special. Uh, I'll just throw a name out there. Went to my rival high school of uh, Jack Ham. Uh, 
and we all know how his career turned out. <laughs> and uh, pretty, pretty, pretty well. <laughs> pretty well. So yes. So the, you know, again, it, it is. I love the. You know, I knew him when. Uh, viewpoint, shall we say? So uh, it is. It's going to be fun. And uh, you know, speaking of, I knew him when. You know, I think we're rapidly reaching the point of maybe having to say about Johnny Manziel. I knew him when, like when he played and won the Heisman Trophy, because. He just, as I said at the top of the show, AP, you know, I reached my tipping point this week with the, with, with what I'm calling, you know, autograph gate. I just, I just said, all right, that's it. I'm done with this guy. I mean, just enough is enough. A classic where there's smoke, there's fire story, if ever there was one. And everything he has done in the off season, which has just been nonstop news, leads one to believe that. Yeah, he probably did sign these autographs for money. I mean, it's, it's, you talk circumstantial evidence. I mean, it certainly seems to be there, it's even considering the source of, you know, autograph people, so to speak, which you and I have both encountered, so we know what they're all about. Yeah, John, it just seems that he loves the glare of the spotlight, and even when he's trying to stay away from the spotlight, you know, it's, it's flashing down upon them. So, you know, the NCAA, they're under the microscope themselves for some of the actions they've taken in the past. And you mentioned the tipping point, and I think as unpopular as it might sound, maybe Johnny Manziel tips that scale in the favor of the athletes to be paid some money. But I don't know. I haven't heard anybody come up with a plan that will satisfy everyone considering Title IX and schools that don't have the money to participate in that type of, you know, revenue, you know, enough revenue stream to participate. So, yeah, Johnny Manziel, I mean, I just heard his name so many times now. The only thing that comes to my mind is he, if it's true, I mean, he spoiled it for himself, his football team, his university, everyone associated with college football. They're looking forward to that big game on the 14th against Alabama. It's right. just disappointing everything that's transpiring right now and, and what what would be the outcome. I mean, as you know, the NCAA, they don't need the hard proof. They can just make their decision on some of that circumstantial evidence that seems to be there. So I don't know what's going to happen, but if I was that second-string quarterback of A&M, I'd be studying that playbook. <laughs> well said, because I got the feeling uh... – it will be he and not Manziel uh, under center on September 14th, which is just a shame. I mean, you know, literally from the day they beat Alabama till now, that has been circled on every college football fan's calendar, including mine, including yours, as the game of the year, without a doubt. And uh, you already have, you know, the built-in 12th man revenge factor from Alabama, you know, superpower and... uh and the thought that, you know, Manziel's most recent actions could, you know, take away from that. I mean, man, put it this way. Manziel's been excused for everything he's done for the simple reason where I believe I and many others have simply said, well, you know, it's all fine as long as he does it on the field come September. But if he's not on the field come September, his goodwill goes away in a heartbeat. And I think, John, this is the era that we've we've seen from some of these young players. They're really unconscious. Things don't even affect them, their performance on the field. I right. mean, when you saw Cam Newton a few years back, 
he played better actually uh, throughout the season when, when everything the Bruja was um, you know revealed. So I think Johnny Manziel. I don't think it really even would affect him if he was. Oh, I, you know, I if the NCA did not penalize him, he'd just go about his business. I totally agree with that. They, you know, it's the world they've grown up in, and you, you know, not only does the nonstop chatter not bother them. Again, I think you said it at the, you know at the top of this segment that you know they like it, they welcome it. That's what they're used to. I mean, that that's their normal and. Again, who am I to question it? But, you know, it, it just seems uh, – but, again, you, you know, everybody's going to be questioning it if he's not on the field, especially come September 14th, to say the least. Uh, again, all, the, all that's been forgiven will no, will no longer be forgiven, to say the least, starting in College Station, Texas, where I guarantee they'll be pretty upset. Yeah, I think they'll be cheering, you know – all the Texas A&M fans, they'll kind of be biting their lip as they're cheering. Exactly, exactly. And then, you know, even if he does play, uh, you know, now you have the backdrop of, you know, is this, are these wins someday going to be taken away? You know, and just no way to enter the SEC in year two. You know, just it's, it's, it's already – you know, got a got a cloud over it to, to to put it mildly. This game, in particular, yeah, it's like a cloud. It's it's ready to burst with rain on their parade. And uh, you know, Johnny Manziel, they the NCA is going to have to probably act swiftly, and that's not their you know mo in the past. But they're going to have to do something because A and M has to make a decision whether to play Johnny Manziel or, or if they're going to wait for the NCAA to announce their decision. But I'm thinking that A&M, they're just going to go ahead and play him if, regardless if the NCAA, you know, issues a statement or not. I agree. I agree. And base, you know, we don't have a lot to go on. I guess what we do have to go on is the Cam Newton swirl of a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, they just kind of went about their business. You already referred to it. Cam Newton himself certainly didn't affect his play. And uh, last I checked, that national championship trophy is uh, still sitting down at Auburn, as far as I know. So it'll be know. there forever. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think the NCAA is going to backtrack on that. They they've had so much, you know, and they're and they're. Uh, uh, up in their business in the last few years, the NCAA themselves. So uh, they're not one to speak out about, you know, irregularities. So I think they just moved on, and it was a bad scene for everyone. So we shall see what happens. Yes, and by the way, if there is any good that could that might come out of all of this, it is that, you know, the spotlight is being shared with Manziel, but also with the NCAA, who this week, you know, ended up taking down certain, you know, paraphernalia, for lack of a better word, you know, for sale. I mean, we all know about that, uh, you know, Ed O'Bannon lawsuit that's out there. And, uh, you know, they, the, Jay Bill has come out of the report. Then the NCAA takes down some of its items. I guess they were shelling like Reggie Bush's jersey. Keep in mind, they removed, they took away Reggie Bush's Heisman, yet they were selling his jersey on their website. So, and there's a whole lot more. So, you know, the NCAA is also uh, taking a pretty big hit this week as well. 
Yeah, I mean, they were selling his jersey, and, you know, they're reaching out to all these kids. I mean, A.J. Green of Georgia sold his jersey, and he had to sit for four games. And Right. So, I mean, it's, it is on the hypocritical side for the NCA to be directing people to the site by putting in the search engine that specific player's name. Exactly. You know, it's just, it just a, a bad, uh, you know, public relations disaster. So Jay Billis, he kind of backed him into the corner, and I think I read where one somebody wrote down, it's like you're playing defense in basketball and you slap your hands on the ground and said, all right, come on, bring it, and then they backed off, and they took down that search engine from the side, and they're going to get out of that business. Exactly. So, you know, NCAA has been under real fire, really, since the Penn State penalties. You know, they've always been under fire, to say the least, but, uh, you know, the let's just say Mark Emmert's presidency of the NCAA has been under fire. And this is just another, just another incident along the way of which there seem to have been plenty in recent years. So we shall see. Well, AP, you know, why don't we take a break here? We still have lots more to talk about in the world of football finally underway. And uh, so we'll take a break and we'll come back on the other side and still talk some more football. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports ready for in your face sports want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go you're not going to be shy here tune in to here's the deal with mega and steel featuring ike mega griffin and sydney steel justice we've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every friday at 2 p.m pacific time 5 p.m eastern just before the weekend on the voice america sports channel we tell it like it is are you a philly sports fan maybe you're local to philly or you're a transplanted philly fan either way you want to check out philly sports jabronis it's a radio show that has nothing to do with chicago sports it's not about nyc and la can't even muster a football team of their own it's all about Philly sports and nothing but Philly sports most of the time. Join your hosts Mike Greger and Joe Dara every Friday at 7 p.m. Philly time, 4 p.m. on the West Coast for the Transplants on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. 
Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Still on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., I, uh, just a quick insertion here. I said I was looking forward to watching the tournament. I have it on in the background, the PGA, and Jason Duffner just holed one out from about 150 yards, hit it 40 yards past the hole, and it just spun backward right into the hole from 40 yards, and uh, amazing shot. So <laughs> it's going to be a fun afternoon. This is what happens in majors. It's great. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, that's a, a preview. That's a preview of, of what the day could hold, and I'm sure they'll go right till dark because they were in a rain delay for most of the morning. Uh Anyway, we were talking about college football people behaving badly, and we have another case that's uh, suddenly getting a lot of attention. That, of course, is the case of Jeremy Hill. Uh, He was on probation for an incident with a young girl and then uh, was charged with assault in uh, what is now a pretty well-known YouTube video of him assaulting somebody and then celebrating afterwards. And the judge uh, basically, you know, sent him back to LSU where Les Miles had his team take a vote. They kept him on the team, and that's where we stand. Uh, What do you think about that situation? Yeah, I I thought it was a kind of an unusual situation arrangement that you know Les Miles made with his team to have them vote to bring back the star running back because they're all young kids they want to win they they don't want to vote against their own teammate and have them in the locker room later on and have to face him so I thought it was uh, uh, strange but Les Miles I mean strange and Les Miles those two words kind of are you know inseparable so <laughs> uh, but you know he hasn't announced that he'll suspend him a couple games or he's going to he's he was going to discipline him internally but he hasn't announced that those specifics but uh, another interesting part to this story was the the first game is against TCU <clears throat> at a neutral site in Arlington Texas and TCU coach Gary Patterson he did, had he uh, suspended his star uh, first team uh, all Big 12 defensive end Devontae Fields so he's not going to even play in the LSU game well, anyway he he expressed his opinion about Les Miles' handling of the situation, which I thought was unique because if I'm coaching, I have enough trouble coaching my own team without interjecting my thoughts about the other person's team. So that'll stir up some some good you know vibes before the game between the LSU and TCU fans, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. That's one of those great early season games that we're all looking forward to. And, yeah, I think it caught everybody off guard because, you know, Gary Patterson has built a high-profile program, to say the least, winning the Rose Bowl a couple of years back. But yet he's a low-profile guy by at least my observances over the past few years. And yet here he comes out of, like, nowhere, you know, with these comments about Les Miles. I, I, I was stunned, and I think a lot of people were. Yeah, it's shocking because it's just kind of unheard of to, to uh, badmouth another coach and his Correct. decisions because, you know, that's their program and they can run it the way they, they see fit. So, and like you say, Gary Patterson, you rarely hear anything controversial from him. 
So I don't know what his motivation might have been, or he just was speaking from the heart. Absolutely. And then, uh, you know, as we all know, LSU fans, Death Valley, I mean, there's hardcore a fandom as is out there, to say the least. And what are, what are their thoughts of what's happening down in Baton Rouge with this? Because let's not forget, a year ago at this time, uh, we're dealing with the, you know, Tyrone, Tyron Matthew situation where he's ultimately suspended and you know that sort of torpedoed their season last year and uh here we go again right yeah i mean once again and it's a star player it's not somebody in you know third team uh left offensive guard this is someone that you line up in the backfield might get the first snap of the season so i think some of those lsu fans i spoke to somebody down there today they're slightly embarrassed and they, they really don't want to see him play those first couple of games and they want the word to go out that we just we're not running a, an asylum down here with that with the inmates running it so i think they want to see some type of restraint by the lsu coach and you know sit sit him on the bench that you know the running back and let him think about his, his actions and there's consequences so you know that that's some of the uh reaction coming from baton rouge well, that's pretty interesting. You know, maybe things are starting to turn a bit here in an overall sense where, you know, uh, foot, college football fans are just starting to, you know, put uh, doing the right thing above winning. And let's just say that hasn't always been the case, but we're starting to see more and more evidence of that, you know, throughout the sport these days. Yeah, and, it, and I think that's that's good for people because you you set the example, and and all these young kids are watching, and they're they're watching intently, you know. So they're watching all their their favorite running backs at LSU and TCU and all these different places around the country. So you know, when they're growing up, they have to have somebody that sets the example for them. And if and if you're a head coach and you don't have the guts to run a disciplined program, uh, I think you're going to lose out in the long run, really, because mamas and daddies, they don't want to send their kids to some outlaw program. Bingo. Bingo. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, you can say what you want, and it can be in the military or it can be in football, but, you know, kids that age, and I use young men, we'll say, or young adults, uh, they like discipline and structure. They do better with discipline and structure, almost like saving them from themselves as they find themselves into adulthood. And, you know, if you're a parent, that's number one at the top of your list of what you hope comes out of, you know, the college experience, shall we say. I mean, you talk to coaches, John, and I don't think it's changed what you said. Kids are looking for that discipline and structure and guidance because it could become a free-for-all rather quickly and and that that situation is hard to recover and rescue. Yes, with well, these coaches, they're a fascinating group. I mean, you and I, you, you know, had a full day of it down in Newport, Rhode Island, a mere, you know, 10, 11 days ago, where we, uh, the New American Athletic Conference, we, we attended Football Media Day, where we really uh, were able to listen to every single one of their, those coaches, some of whom were... Pretty high profile, you know, especially in some former jobs. So I'll start with Tommy Tuberville at Auburn. Uh, now at Cincinnati. 
And, you know, Paul Pasqualoni at UConn, you know, he had long history with him, but he was the head coach at Syracuse and goes back to the, you know, Penn State days and some NFL as well. So, you know, these guys are fascinating personalities, to say the least. They're obviously big personalities. They're CEO types, forceful, to say the least. So, uh, you know, there's uh, – I enjoy – being in their presence you know you can choose to believe them or choose to not but you know it's never dull it's always entertaining to to just watch them talk yeah head coaches they're 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 a different kind of breed i mean they you know they have a million stories and they've seen all types of behavior and and i'm sure they have uh, you know all of them can write a book that you couldn't publish that's for sure. And, you, you know, just to bring it full circle, you, different kind of breed. You know, earlier in the segment, you talked about Les Miles, and I, I was going to say, I didn't want to interrupt you, but, you know, he is a different kind of cat. You know, I, I just can't figure him out. Like, I, you, you know, he makes some boneheaded moves. I mean, he's had, just had a fascinating career down there, punctuated by great success. Let's start there. But along the way, you know, he, he's he's done some real head-scratching things, shall we say. Yeah, I mean, he's had time management problems uh, in, in tight ball games. He's made YouTube videos where he's, where he's poked fun at himself. Uh, he's been at the podium where he's, where he's uh, you know, mocked the media or yep. he, he chided some other uh, program. You know, I remember... Alabama specifically when Nick Saban came aboard, though so you just never can tell when when you you know in his presence, you just don't know what he's going to say or do, and that's what makes it so enjoyable to be around him. I know, I know, you know. I like uh, you know I I like him. I mean, I've always kind of liked LSU. I find them just to be, you know, uh, generally an entertaining program. You know, when they're on TV, I watch them. I don't know how else to say it. And uh, I know I, I have a lot of company in that regard. Uh, yeah, he's a compelling figure. And, yeah, he's, dull was never a word you're going to use with less miles. So, you know, fans, they enjoy him. And opposing fans even get a kick out of him, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, although, you know. This decision, you know, with uh, you know, with Jeremy Hill, I mean, it feels like he's under fire, you know, as much as he's been. Because, and I say that because, you know, he seemed like he stepped up last August. Uh, you, you know, when he just out of the clear blue, you know, next thing you know, Tyron Mathal, the best player on the team, game changer to put it mildly, uh, he suspended him. So that that that. Felt like, you know, oh, no, he, I remember my overall impressions were, you know, well, this guy's taking charge here, Les Miles, and, you know, he didn't mess around. He just suspended his best player, you know, disciplinarian, whatever you want to call it. And now we have just what appears to be on the surface and early, you know, the exact opposite approach. So it's it's tough to tough to understand. Yeah, so there's only a couple weeks here before the um, – but- with a couple, two or three weeks before the season, so he's got to make his 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 uh, statement to the press and everyone else. What's going to happen with Jeremy Hill? I don't think I don't know if he's the kind to just play the game that day and and he'll 
doesn't take a snap. I mean, he, I think he's the candidate that probably would announce it. Correct, correct. He also impresses me as not the kind that will cave to the media, that will not that will make a decision based on like a media or perhaps even a fan outcry. So he uh, say what you want. He does seem like he's you know his own man who clearly marches to his own drummer. Yeah, I think he'll he'll not waver in his decision or be influenced by the media or the fans or anyone else. He's the head coach of that program, and and uh, he's he's going to speak his mind and make the decision and live with it. And live with it, absolutely. Well, he he's you know uh, he doesn't have to worry about his job. Period. No, uh, no, I don't think he does. He's he does fine down there in the recruiting side and the winning side, and those are the two most important things in Baton Rouge. Bingo, bingo. All right, well, AP, with that said, I think we've covered the college football war uh, pretty well, but we also have NFL football finally underway. So let's take our break now, and we'll talk a little NFL on the backside. flagship station for sports voice america sports this week on the revolution with jim and trav that's presented to you by outdoor channel hey we're talking wolves on the pros and cons of them with david allen from the rocky mountain elk foundation and minnesota deer hunter association executive director mark johnson ah, we're a wolf pack with uh, jeff hagner who's the director of montana fish wildlife and parks and finally mrs bonnie and it's brought to you by outdoor channel and ram trucks wednesdays at one pacific on the voice america sports channel this is it sports is an engaging talk program that includes you the experts and sports all moderated by coach carl hargrave we'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world collegiate and professional take a look at youth-oriented sports athletic development and sportsmanship faith and where it has its place in sports along with a lively discussion with coach carl every week tune in to this is it sports with coach carl hargrave every thursday at 3 p.m pacific time 6 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we begin, I just want to say that my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is, no surprise, the PGA Golf Tournament, the last major of the year. So it's going to be fun to have that on all weekend, but... One of the other things that was on this week, uh, including last night with six games, is the NFL preseason. And uh, it may be the preseason, but it's still football, and it's great to have it back, AP. I was uh, glad to see it, starting with the Hall of Fame game on Sunday night out in Canton. Yeah, I always enjoy this time of year, John. It gets, gets everyone ready for the 
the uh, regular season, and you see some players that you never heard of trying to make the team, and they're playing their heart out. So I, I enjoy I enjoy those moments. Yeah, well, I was pleased that last night on the NFL Network, with six games occurring, they basically did, for lack of a better way of saying it, you know, a mini red zone. They called it whip around coverage. It was Scott Hansen, the red zone guru. And it was, uh, you know, he, he was basically there with, uh, you know, Brian Billick and, uh, and Heath Evans and just, you know, jumping around from game to game. And the coolest thing I saw last night was uh, Chris Johnson from the Tennessee Titans. First time he touches the ball, shows off that world-class speed and just, like, dashes 58 yards uh, with a... Uh, 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 putting on a move along the way that was just, you know, <laughs> literally a leg breaker on the defender. So that that was just, if there's one play this week that just like, you know, woke me up and like said, wow, football's <laughs> here and got me in the football mood. It was that play. It was electrifying to say the least. Yeah. He's one of the players in the league that you'd really pay money to watch because of that speed and his moves. And he can take the ball to the end zone on any given play. And those guys are the you know the stars of the league. They separate uh, the, the big boys from the men. Absolutely. And uh, tonight, tonight is you know a bit of a marquee game. Uh, leave it to the Patriots uh, to play in what is a compelling game and an interesting game, the most interesting game of the week for the obvious reasons that. Uh, yeah, number one, it's the first time the Patriots are, uh, you know, putting on their game uniform since the Her- Aaron Hernandez arrest for murder. And number two, uh, lo and behold, they're playing the Philadelphia Eagles and the whole Riley Cooper situation. So not to mention Chip Kelly's first ever game, if you will, preseason uh, uh, as head coach. So. As preseason games go, there's a, there's actually a few reasons to kind of tune in tonight. Yeah, John, be, that would be a great uh, opening regular season game. You have the defensive guru Belichick versus the offensive guru Kelly, you know, and that would be a uh, you know worthwhile uh, TV viewing. But you know, the Patriots they have to come up with some type of offense now when you have these receivers that are you know not on the field for various reasons. And uh, to watch Chip Kelly massage that quarterback position, you know, with, with uh, Vic and and uh, Matt Barkley's a new draft choice for them, so it'd be be worth watching that game tonight. Yes, for really just a whole lot of reasons. Uh, you know, my number one reason is you know Chip Kelly. Uh, what are we going to see tonight from the Philadelphia Eagles? Are we going to see something that resembles, you know, the uh, the Oregon offense, which has been as fun an offense to watch uh, in the past five or six years as, as any in recent memory in college football. So that's to me, is question one. And, you know, he certainly has the quarterback that could run the, quote, Oregon offense in Michael Vick. So that's, you know, an interesting aspect to it. So, I mean, that, that's the first thing I'm looking for, like, is Chip Kelly going to basically bring his Oregon offense Built on speed uh, and, you know, flow, tempo, meaning running as many plays as you can, as quickly as you can. Uh, is that, are we going to see that NFL style tonight? That's, I think, the big question right off the bat. 
Yeah, I wonder how much he's going to reveal to everyone around the league by showcasing that offense. Are you just going to kind of hold the, you know, the reins on the, on the team and just be re- very basic with his approach? Yes, of course, another mildly interesting aspect to it. Uh, it is preseason. It is the opener. Uh, if we see Tom Brady at all, it won't be for long. So that just uh, leads to the inevitable question. Sorry, can't help it. You, you know, we're going to see Tim Tebow tonight in the Patriot <laughs> uniform. I mean, right. it's just going to seem uh, uh, slightly surreal. You know, for me, living 20 minutes from Gillette Stadium, you know, and longtime Patriot season ticket holder, uh, you, you know, just seeing t- Tim Tebow in a Patriot uniform, it always felt like it was going to happen. And I guess tonight might be the night it actually does happen. Yeah, you might as well do it the first game, John, right? I mean, right. Be- be- because once the season gets going, I don't believe you're going to see Tim Tebow taking very many snaps from the the future Hall of Famer Tom Brady. Absolutely. Good point. Good point. And... uh you know, Ryan Mallett, you know, we talk a lot of SEC, given your coverage of Alabama, uh, you know, but Ryan Mallett uh, in his third year, I believe, um, you, you know, third year is when, you know, we're, we're, we're going to, you know, maybe start to get some answers on this guy. I mean, we all know that, you know, the Patriots sort of uh, have an interesting history of backup quarterbacks from Matt Castle, uh you know, to Brian Hoyer, who was, you know, scooped up immediately. And uh, so, you know, we'll we'll just see how it all turns out. But again, I, I think a lot of people are just, you know, reaching a point of wanting to see what Ryan Mallett is or is not all about. Yeah, I, I, he'll probably be, maybe he'll get some snaps as well. Big, strong kid, played at Michigan initially, transferred, played at Arkansas, was known for having a big arm at six foot seven and, and so then they need to find out if he can, you know, be a capable backup in this league. So I'm sure he'll get some time in the next few games. But uh, one other aspect of this game tonight is Riley Cooper will be on the field for Philadelphia. So, uh, you know, what, what, happened in, what happens in that locker room, um, you'd love to have, you know, be a fly on the wall and listening to those conversations. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know. I was surprised when he came back after about four days of sensitivity training. You know, I, I, I think my first reaction when he, you know, was uh, excused from the team, I think it was last Friday, if I'm not mistaken, we could go this afternoon. Um, I just kind of thought, well, you know, that may be the last we're going to see of Riley Cooper, not only in just an Eagles uniform, but maybe in the NFL. But boom, four days later, he's back, and you know they're going to try to make it work. And tonight, we're going to get a, a glimpse into how's that, how that may be going. Yeah, you know, John, there's <clears throat> there's a couple strong factions in every NFL locker room, and you know, Riley Cooper in the general population, he's in the majority. But in an NFL locker room, you know, the majority is really African Americans. And the other group that you, you hear about from time to time is the religious factions that are in there. And, I mean, you can you know that by every game that if somebody scores a touchdown, they're pointing to the sky or they're making a tackle, they're pointing to the sky. Or, Absolutely. Or you know, making reception or first down. So I, I'm interested to see if the, those people, you know, who you know are notorious for celebrating 
their religion when something goes right on the field, how they apply those religious principles in the locker room for someone who was very contrite in his apology. You know, how can you apply those religious principles to someone seeking redemption and forgiveness? I think that is very interesting from my point, you know, from you know my point of view, because uh, it's easy to celebrate and praise someone when things are going right. But how do you handle a difficult situation? How your how does your religious principles take effect? So, um, what he did, you know, was out, you know what he said was outrageous. There's no denying what he. I mean, it's right on video, and uh, it was it, it was unbelievable when you heard it. You, it just took your breath away. But uh, I'm very interested to see how that locker room reacts to him and, um, you know, his development down the road as, a, as an individual and, and how his team will accept him or will they will he end up getting traded because of the incident. Right. Interesting indeed and hard to believe, AP. We're at the end of another show. That is excellent food for thought, the way you ended it there, and we'll all be watching tonight. And once again, Voice America, thank you for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.